0: How does manifestation actually work? I think the easiest way to describe this is in two ways. Number one, feedback loops. What you experience and what you call your life could be representative of a negative feedback loop or a positive feedback loop. So someone who's liking the results they're seeing, call that positive. Someone who's not liking what they're seeing, they're calling that negative and so essentially what sort of thoughts and feelings are you constantly paying attention to and energizing and how is the reality reflecting that when you change the input you immediately change the output and what's funny is most people are trying to change the output without changing mm-hmm. the input you can't do that and so it's actually a much simpler process than people realize because all we do is change the input and then the output naturally follows <laughs> Well, hello, everyone, and
1: welcome back to Bougie Best Podcast. I'm your host, Coco, aka Cornelia Slunski. And if you're new here, welcome to the Bougie Best community. I'm so happy to have you here. And here we are all about raising our standards and becoming the best version of ourselves. And that's why I had the pleasure of talking to Samantha Chung, aka Simplifying Sam, on social media. She is a life and manifestation coach. And what I love about her is that she is transforming your perception and you're realizing that your thoughts are creating your reality, and your thoughts are actually creating your experiences. So in this episode, we dive deep into why are we conditioned to believe certain things about ourselves, and how can we break through those conditioning habits or whatever we would call them? Why do we have limiting beliefs, and why do we measure our worth with some external factors? We discuss that and much more in the latest episode of Bougie Best Friend Podcast. But before we get into it, you guys know that I. I sometimes forget, but I like to read your reviews that you leave on my podcast and they make me so happy and they help the show grow more than you can possibly imagine. So please do me that kind favor and leave a five star rating and review if this episode or any other episode helped you in your life. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend because we all need a little you know, reminder sometimes that we are in control. Okay, this comment is coming from Lehi K. Is it Lei K? Okay, title is favorite podcast ever. Okay, I love that. I love this podcast. I went through a very painful breakup last year and took months to heal. I have finally started dipping my toes back into the dating world, and I'm so glad I have Coco to advise on standards and not feeling bad for having them. Exactly. Love this and love you, Coco. Oh, I love you too, dear Lehi. Is it Lehi or Lei? Let me know. DM me. Okay, guys. Okay, guys, let's jump right in. Sam, welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcasts. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive in today. Absolutely. First off, when I came across your page, and I love how your page name is on TikTok, is Simplifying the Sam, and your entire page and your content, it is actually pretty simple. And for this concept of manifesting and perception,
0: people get a little confused, I feel like. So I wanted to ask you, how did you get into this field? Yeah, well it all started, I wanna say ten years ago. I went through my my first we're just getting into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had, <laughs> I had my first sort of dark night of the soul where I felt really lost in life. I was about nineteen years old and I was living in New York City. And I didn't have a community of friends or support around me. I felt just really alone. And I remember just wandering into this bookstore. <laughs> I always find myself in bookstores and I think there's definitely part of my soul that has always drawn me there, which is interesting because now I'm writing a book. So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But 10 years ago, I just found myself in this bookstore and I was in the self-help aisle. And I remember at that time, It was still kind of stigmatized to seek self-development and self-improvement. Actually, it was only called self-help at the time, Mm -hmm. I think even 10 plus years ago. And it was this stigmatized thing. But I found myself in that section. And then I was just kind of looking through the books. And I ended up picking up Eckhart Tolle's um, The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I just was reading this book. And the words were just... Resonating so deeply, so much of what I've been suffering with and struggling with was my own ego, my mind. And so that really set me on a journey of trying to understand what my mind has been conditioned to believe. Although it didn't all happen within one year. This has taken 10 years, but Mm -hmm. that was the starting point of realizing, Oh, my mind has directives that it's been told and conditioned to think and believe which then are used against me. And then I create conflict within myself. And so what would it look like to sort of clear my mind of these conditioned beliefs? And so I started to begin on that journey and it kind of started with my body image first. I think every single person has like an area where they feel it the most. It could be your money, mm-hmm. it could be your body, could be relationships, but essentially they're all the same thing, right? Where it manifests in your life just has to do with your own personal experiences. But for me, I was a professional ballet dancer. And so the body was a really Mm -hmm. distracting area for me in my life and really was tied to a lot of my self-worth. So I started to sort of untangle what it means to have an ideal body. What is that? I started to untangle conventional beauty, Western beauty ideals and standards, and try to rid my mind of all of those conditions, And then that sort of led me into the money sphere and the career sphere and the relationship sphere. And then my life began to completely transform. Only later did I learn that was called manifestation because I would Mm -hmm. look back at my old journals. I would look back at my old photos of myself and think like, oh my God, like so much has changed. Like I literally created the life I wanted, the life I was thinking of and I became the person I wanted to be how do I keep doing this? I got really <laughs> excited because I had sort of unbeknownst to myself engaged in this process. And so then I started devouring a lot of spiritual texts. Um, I really love Alan Watts and uh, Neville Goddard, a lot of these teachers from the 1900s, and female teachers as well, female mm-hmm. spiritual teachers, and really hearing the truth in these texts I just felt that I'd been lied to like my whole life about what I was capable of, what was meant for me. I honestly thought that I would never really amount to anything, which is so sad. I, I grew up in a small town in Tennessee and I just thought, yeah, like I'll just like get a job and, you know, make like a five figure income and this will be my life. And then suddenly I was just blowing my mind with these spiritual texts that were essentially telling me that that is not the truth. I'm a limitless being. Anything is available to me and possible for me. All I have to do is identify the blocks and the beliefs within myself that are standing in the way. And so then I became obsessed. I became obsessed with identifying those blocks. You said so many things that I
1: want to touch on right now because (laughs) I don't want to lose them. Let's talk about body image. I get a lot of questions when it comes to dating in a sense, like, Can I demand the man of my dreams if I'm not currently, maybe I'm overweight, maybe I'm struggling with something on their body? Can you talk a little bit about that? And how can you kind of shift your mindset in that sense?
0: Well, I definitely think the answer is yes. But who is the man of your dreams? Is the man of your dreams someone who is also conditioned to be attracted to conventional beauty ideals? Or is that person someone who's challenged those ideals within himself? And so I started actually challenging the idea of what a dream person would actually even be like, because for so long I had contorted myself to look like the ideal so that I could appeal to those types of people. But then I realized I'm trying to appeal myself to people who are also conditioned robots. Mm -hmm. That's not my ideal person. My ideal person would actually be curious about what my values are right? Mm -hmm. What I'm curious about, what I'm passionate about. That's actually my ideal person. So then it was easier for me to let go of the idea of what conventional beauty is saying about me and how I fit into that standard or not. And what I really wanted out of a person, a man in my case, was someone who was going to see beyond this human shell, as a spiritual Mm -hmm. person, I really don't identify a lot with this body. I think of this body as like an avatar that I'm here to play with and have fun with. And so I like doing my hair. I like doing makeup, but I know it doesn't define me. I know it doesn't Mm -hmm. make me more or less worthy than, than another person. And that's a really difficult journey of deconditioning that I believe every woman has to go on because we have so much work to undo, right? We've been consciously downloading all this information about what is attractive what is not attractive what is likable what is not likable everything about a woman is like how do i look good enough or be good enough to be chosen by a man they don't even think about having the agency to choose themselves Mm -hmm. right i just had a conversation with a one-on-one client where she was saying i don't even like online dating because it's like shouldn't shouldn't a guy just you know like choose me like see me out in, in the crowd and i'm like well, that's interesting. Like, you only think that you're worthy if some random man decides that you're pretty enough. Like, you don't even want to take agency in that process, like define what you want in a person, right? Instead of just being like, honestly, like a pick me girl. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not, um, a one size fits all process. I think everyone's journey will start with suffering right? You'll suffer. You will feel like you are not enough. You will be questioning yourself. You will usually be taking a lot of external measures to change yourself. And then hopefully at one point you end up reaching an ideal and realizing that you're still not fulfilled. I felt that for me, it was weight for a really long time. I needed to get to this perfect weight. And once I get to the perfect weight, then I will feel worthy or then I will feel good. And then I will feel happy. And then I did. And all that happened was I felt more scarce. I felt like, oh, my God. Well, like, God forbid. (laughs) Yeah. God forbid I eat a fucking muffin. And then all of a sudden I'm like five more pounds heavier again. And so I realized that it was a trap. The whole thing is a trap. The whole thing keeps you limited. The whole thing keeps you small. The whole thing keeps you seeking things outside of yourself. And I just I opted out. And I think it's kind of like the only way to play the game or the only way to win the game is to not play the game right? To play the game is to stay perpetuated and entrenched in the game itself. And so it's to realize, Oh, this is a game. Like I don't want to even play by those rules anymore. And then you'll end up finding your tribe who is also challenging those ideals as well. I feel like I don't even live in like traditional society, like me and my friends, like we've completely decided to denounce everything that we think is normal (laughs) so that we can feel good about ourselves. But honestly, if you are trying to meet a standard, you need to get curious about why, who taught me that that was better. Why is what I am worse? And how does this keep me trapped in a system that's honestly just built to continue to make me consume things, right? Mm -hmm. Especially the beauty industry, the fitness industry. It's like, what other thing am I being moved into purchasing to achieve this ideal? Does this ideal even exist? I think social media has distorted our image of what beauty is, right? If you walk out on the street, People don't look like that. I don't know about you though. You're in Miami, so Miami maybe people Honestly, look like that. And
1: in, in Miami, people are look people look like they actually got it from a magazine cover. But I love how you mentioned that we were all lied to and we were told that we are not good enough the way we are. Because yes, absolutely, they need to. I mean, the beauty and I mean, I used to be a makeup artist and I'm in this space, so I'm aware of all the pressures and what we've been told and. I, when it comes to, you mentioned in the beginning that we all have certain pain points. Maybe it's your weight, maybe it's your career, mm-hmm. maybe it's this. And I grew up in a small country, I'm from Croatia. And growing up, everybody was telling me that my dreams are too big, that everything mm-hmm. I want is for somebody else out there. So I wanted to speak more on that topic. And why do we sometimes still kind of, we know that more, there's other things out there, but we decide to not trust our own self, we don't we don't want to listen to our intuition, you know, we're rather listening to all these outside people who are telling us we can't do certain things. So why yeah. do we limit ourselves like that?
0: It's just very uncomfortable to be an outsider of any social group. Um, obviously, there are physiological and biological reasons for that. You know, our development as a species is based on collective power, right? Feeling safe in a group, feeling a sense of belonging. And so what's really important that I tell to so many of my followers and my clients is that for you to actually imagine your highest, most expanded life, you need to get around people who have already done that or are doing that because any person who is not doing that will see your attempts to as threats. And then Mm. they will not consciously, it's not that they actually want to keep you small. They don't know what they're doing. They're just like, you're just representing something that's so different and out there for them. And so the only thing they can reflect back to you is their own limiting beliefs. They're just telling you what they bought into. And then if you're not careful about discerning, like whether that message that they're delivering is true or not, you will just buy into it. And so what I always tell my clients is, unless this person that you are talking to is living your dream life, do not accept advice. Do not. Love that. And that's a radical piece of information that will change your life because most people are asking people in the exact same situation as them they're laterally asking people what they should do that's why i always say
1: that you shouldn't listen to your friends when you're looking for advice because they didn't really live outside when when you're growing up in your 20s and like when you're all in the same group you have the same life you go through the same experiences listen to somebody who as you just said who has something that you want what if you are surrounded with family that is constantly dragging you down. You can't just cut them off. You know, like we can cut off friends, but you can't just cut off everyone. Even though I'm a big cutter offer, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It, with family, it's difficult because I I've had a relatively supportive family. Um, they were a little bit cautious at the beginning, but they're they're pretty on board now. It's quite sweet. My mom will say things like, "Oh, I'm gonna manifest it," um, <laughs> so she's kind of on board now. But I do know that family has been a really big. Blockade for a lot of people. And I take a a both and approach with family, meaning that two things can be true at the same time because our brain has this very exclusionary perspective on things. Everything has to be either or. Either parents are right or, and I'm wrong or vice versa. And so why not let two things be true at once? So parents often have a very limited perspective on what's going to keep their children safe right? For them to take a risk and to express courage, that seems so risky for them. They want their children to be safe first and foremost. And so they'll say, well, all of our people in the community and all of the other people's kids did this and they were really successful and happy. And so those are your best chances and odds to be successful. Do that. And so instead of denouncing your parents and arguing with with them and trying to get them to agree, agree with them. That's true. I'm sure that did work for your friends' kids. And I know that is one possible way of being successful. I know I could be successful if I became a doctor, and I could also be successful following my passions. We don't have to actually negate the other. And so I felt that when I was first initially pursuing my entrepreneurship journey, I was originally trying to become a doctor, and I felt like (laughs) I had to keep fighting them into agreeing that somehow entrepreneurship was better, right? But they were never going to agree with that because my father was a doctor, right? Everyone in their area was sort of like these licensed professionals, lawyers, doctors, pharmacists. These were all the jobs that my parents wanted me to attain. And instead of telling them that what I was doing was better or more secure, I didn't say that because we would have ended up being in like a smackdown argument. Mm -hmm. Instead, I said, I know that's going to be a path to success. I know it is. And I also know that this can be too. And so we're allowing these two beliefs to exist within the same household without trying to get the other two agree. And then it allows for more fluidity, right? There's not as much friction. There's not as much tension. I never had to get my mom on board. I never got fully on board with her, but it allowed me to have a little bit more safety in accomplishing my dreams, if you will, because I didn't get this pushback that I was wrong. You're wrong about that. You're not gonna be successful. I said, yes, both possibilities are true. And I always wanted to end every conversation with I'm happy doing this. Because at the end of the day, your family wants you to be happy. We definitely did just jump into because I had so much to talk to you
1: about. And I like how you mentioned how you wanted to be a doctor. And now, I mean, I see your social media for but for those of you who might not see your page, tell me a little bit about what you do today and all of your manifestation, like how did this all came about? You said 10 years ago, but
0: please tell me a little timeline. Yeah. So actually three years ago, I was full-time um, selling real estate mm-hmm. and I was actually very successful in that industry. I reached the top 10% of realtors in my area. I I liked it, but I only liked it from an egoic perspective right i liked making deals happen i liked making money and then i got to this goal of mine and realized is this all there is like Mm -hmm. did i really just do all of this for like money and like a little like award a pat in the back (laughs) yeah a pat on the back like that no one really cares about like what it really started to beg the question of what am i really gonna do with my time like is, is it gonna be just this how will i continue to feed my soul And so what was interesting is I started sort of observing myself, right? What was I doing outside of work? What kind of books was I reading? What kinds of conversations was I having? Everything was spiritually focused, right? What I was doing to ground my body somatically, what I was doing to raise my vibration, different manifestation books, teachers. I was constantly devouring this information. And I thought, why don't I talk about this? This is literally on my mind 24-7. I use these practices actually in my business. This is actually what I feel really called to speak about. And I think what's really important is that when I started this business, it really started as a no stakes sort of hobby because I knew I had my real estate business and I didn't care whether this succeeded or failed. I just wanted to do it because I knew it would make my soul happy. Because Quick I,
1: question. Where was your real estate career? Was it in New York
0: or? No, Vancouver.
1: Okay, Vancouver, got it. Where yeah, I am you have, now. You're there right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. just
0: continue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just that I started to really dive deeper into the teachings that I had benefited so much from and distilling them into videos, but with really no strings attached, just kind of like, these are the perspectives that have helped me and they've changed my life and I hope they help yours. And then literally a month later, one of my videos hit 10 million and I was like, what the fuck? I woke up. I was, went from like 4,000 followers to like 150,000 followers like overnight. Which so, one was it? Do you remember? It was a video where, uh, it was from like December of like 20. Is it pinned no, on your page?
1: Because I was no, going
0: through all of them. It's not pinned anymore because it's so funny. I, I hate that video now. It's, it's so outdated. <laughs> I feel like the explanation is so outdated. I'm like, don't listen to that one. But it was the explanation that the collective needed at the time right? Mm-hmm. It was, again, a simplification of my manifestation process. And I really do feel that what I explained in that video was how I attracted so many viewers. It's it's the non-attachment, right? And okay, it's the aligning yes, with the energy. Mm-hmm. When you were in your real estate business,
1: you realized that you are implementing all of these spiritual techniques in your business. For those who are listening and they're still thinking, oh, this is a little too like spiritual for me, you I love how on your page you have actual quantum physics examples that this is mm-hmm. this is facts you know you can believe it or you don't have to believe it but this is how the world works so can you explain in your beautiful simplifying
0: way how does manifestation actually work I think the easiest way to describe this is in two ways number 1 feedback loops so our brain has both a positive you could say a po- It just has a feedback loop, right? What you experience and what you call your life could be representative of a negative feedback loop or a positive feedback loop. So someone who's liking the results they're seeing could call that positive. Someone who's not liking what they're seeing, they're calling that negative. And so essentially what sort of thoughts and feelings are you constantly paying attention to and energizing and how is the reality reflecting that? That's all we're seeing, feedback loop. So when you change the input, you immediately change the output. And what's funny is most people are trying to change the output without changing mm-hmm. the input. You can't do that. And so it's actually a much simpler process than people realize because all we do is change the input and then the output naturally follows. Much Can you like, give me some examples? Yeah. So if I'm constantly thinking that I am poor, I don't have any money, I don't have any skills, I have nothing to offer to the world, then that's going to translate in my emotional body as feelings of shame, as feelings of scarcity, feelings of not enoughness, not worthiness. And then that's going to be reflected in the actions that I take towards my ideal life. Likely procrastination, right? It'll actually be inaction that I do. Why do we start thinking that way about ourselves? We're conditioned. By who? Yeah. Society, movies, our parents, peers, colleagues, right? We're all conditioned to think that there are limits on what we can achieve, right? Like you said, when in Croatia, you had these big dreams. And people were like, that's not possible, Mm -hmm. And before you have an ability to actually question that, you just accept it. And it just Mm -hmm. becomes a part of your inventory, right? I say inventory as like the set of beliefs that you Mm -hmm. operate by. I think of your beliefs as unconscious instructions that are going to play out in the reality. If you change everything that goes on in here, everything on the outside changes. Another way I like to describe manifestation is everything is light, or you could say everything is energy, And we know, for example, when we look at the sun, we're actually looking at eight minutes ago, right? Because it takes time for the light from the sun, eight minutes to reach Earth. So you're literally looking back in time when you're looking at the sun, Wait, seriously? I didn't seriously. know. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. When you're looking at the moon, you're looking one second back in time because it takes yeah. one second for the moon's light to reach the sun. So this is like the concept of light years, right? It mm-hmm. takes time for light to travel. And if everything is light, then even the manifestation of your light takes time to travel. So then what you're looking at right now in your present reality, look around the room, you know, what job you have, what relationship you have, what body you have. This is a representation of everything you were observing. You could say your thoughts, your feelings, say one year ago, mm-hmm. right? It takes time for things to materialize into the physical world, for you to be able to observe it. And so mm-hmm. what you're looking at physically right now is old stuff, right? This is a byproduct of everything I thought and believed about myself the past two years, right? So in order to change what I'm seeing now, okay, I got to start in this moment, changing what I think and believe about myself. So it always starts with the thoughts. And so people with, when it comes to manifestation, they want to see results first. They're like, Mm -hmm. how do I see change my reality? No, that's going to happen when we go inward first. And so the same would happen even in real estate. Like I'm going to envision my six figure business. I'm going to envision me walking across the stage and getting this award But now in this moment, what would I have to think and believe about myself and my business in order to get there in two years?
1: And what would I have to do to get there? Because people also think that you can just manifest your dream life and it's going to fall into your lap. No, you just have to think that this is who you're going to become and then your actions are going to lead you towards becoming that person. I want to talk about some specific examples when it comes to career and achieving that dream life, whatever that dream life may be for you. How do we, if we are, as we said already, conditioned by our friends or family that we just can't get any better or we can't get that promotion or we can't make a million dollars, like how do we break that cycle and still kind of... As I said, you can't Mm -hmm. just like cut your parents off, but you can have that noise coming into your life all the time. And I also, I have a great relationship with my parents and everything is, you know, I have a normal family dynamic, but when I have my dreams and goals, when I say that I want to achieve X, Y, Z, they sometimes are like, but you don't have to, why?
0: Yeah. I mean, you started off by saying a lot of limiting beliefs that most people say like, oh, I'm not capable. I can't get a million dollars. I can't do this. I think it starts by asking yourself, why do you believe that? hmm. Right. Because that's a belief, not a circumstance. I think people think that that's like a circumstance of reality that's like unchangeable. It's like this is a fact and I can't undo it. Whereas believing that you could make a million dollars is somehow just some like impossible fantasy. But the key is to realize that both of those are beliefs. One is not actually more true than the other. They're both just thoughts that you can choose to think. And so if you think to yourself, I can't make a million dollars. The question, why do you think that though? Like why? The answer would usually
1: probably you're not capable enough. You don't have a good enough job. You don't, I don't know what else people usually tell themselves.
0: Why why are you not capable enough? Yeah. What does that even mean? Interesting.
1: I wonder everybody listening right now, what are they going to ask themselves?
0: Yeah. It starts by actually breaking down the beliefs that they already have right? So that we can start to build a foundation to build new ones on top of. But the key is helping them first realize that what they think about themselves is a belief, not a set in stone circumstance that is true of all people, including themselves, right? Because what's interesting is if I say to someone, making six figures is easy, there's going to be a group of people who disagree with that and a group of people who do agree with that. Which group is right?
1: (laughs) They're both right.
0: They're both right, right? It's just a belief. You can choose to prescribe to it or not. There's also a group of people who think making a million dollars is a piece of cake. Is it a piece of cake or is it not? It depends on what you think. It depends on who you are. And so when we change our concept of who we are and we change the inventory of beliefs we have in our mind That's when we start to see different feelings, actions, and results. And so when I see someone who's actually manifested something on the outside that we deem as successful, let's say it's a lot of money. That's what, this is what that entire, this entire society is based off of, right? So (laughs) someone who has a lot of money, all I see is someone who has recognized their internal worth and value. That's all I see. I'm like, that is a person who believes that their art, their skills, their abilities are valuable to the world. And they have found a very systematic way in delivering it to the world. So let's say Taylor Swift, favorite person in the world. (laughs) Did you go to the concert? Yes, I went to the Aris (laughs) concert in Nashville. To me, she represents someone who clearly recognizes that her creative talent is worthy and valuable to the world, right? By first recognizing that it's valuable to herself, right? She Mm -hmm. enjoys writing music. Even if no one listened, I think she would still do it. That's very important it's valuable to her she recognized that it's valuable to other people and she found a way to deliver it to the masses right so obviously there's a lot of money being exchanged for that value so a lot of what manifestation begins with is someone recognizing that they have been told that they have nothing valuable to add to the world they have no skills they have no value right and none of that is true every single person on this earth has the ability to help someone and when you help someone Money is exchanged. It could also be gifts. It doesn't have to be money, but something is exchanged for you helping and no one can take away your ability to help. And so people who aren't making a lot of money, they're not helping people.
1: I love how you were talking on one of your videos about main character frequency.
0: Tell me about stepping into your main character vibes. For me, main character is simply making myself feel important. That's it. I think most of us live our lives feeling like we're not important. Literally, that we're not important to the people in our life, that we're not important at work. A lot of people have this story that if they just disappeared, like no one would notice, right? Oh, would anyone notice if I just mm-hmm. like didn't come to work today, right? It's like everyone's just sort of like invisibly living in the shadows. And so main character energy is actually taking up space and saying, "I'm an important person." not just in my own life, but in the world. And my belief is if I wasn't important, like, why would I be here? You know, you could have two perspectives on being here on on earth. Oh my God, there's like 8 billion people, like, and only one me. Or you could think, holy shit, there's only 8 billion people, like in the entire multiverse, potentially, we don't know. Let's just say that is the case though. If there's only 8 billion people in the entire multiverse, Pretty freaking insane that you're alive right now. Mm -hmm. Pretty important. And I think that because we're all connected, this is a spiritual principle I live by, we really are all one, right? There is no separation. Separation is an illusion. We are all one body of energy, right? And so if I impact, if I change my energy, if I change my frequency, just by doing that, I change the entire energy of the collective because we're all connected. There is no separation. There is no me raising my energy and not your energy, it's all connected. And we feel that when we walk into a room, we know that there's good energy here or low, bad vibe energy here, right? And so just by changing my frequency, I'm influencing the, the collective. Just by smiling at someone on the street, I change the energy of the collective. And so how could you not see yourself as important?
1: I would love for you to share. I love the, the smile example because that's so true. You can see when you, let's say you're ordering a coffee and the cashier Mm. and you say, thank you. You look beautiful. Like I love complimenting people when I, Mm -hmm. when I'm like exchanging conversation or whatever, it brights up their day and something so little changes somebody's maybe even week, month, whatever. I would love for you to share a few tangible tips that people can do because we all, you know, it's easy for us to, You know, I read all my manifestation books. I'm trying to meditate every now with the dog, not so often, but like I'm trying to really step into that mindset. But for somebody who is curious, but they're not there yet, give me like some simple, tangible tips they can take today.
0: Yeah, I think the most helpful thing for me has always been making contact with my future self. So I can do that in meditation. I can do that by writing in my journal. I can do that by creating a Pinterest mood board right? But I want to connect with the energy of who I want to become first. And then secondly, I want to embody that energy, right? What, what is different about her that I am not currently. And so when I think of like my 45 year old self, I think of her wearing like, you know, really polished clothing and she's calm, she's connected and she's confident. Okay. So calm, connected, confident. What do I imagine that feels like to walk through the world? Right? Because future me doesn't exist yet, right? It's just an idea. What exists now is this present moment. So, how can I embody the energies of this imagined future in this now moment? So, what we're doing is we're embodying the future now so that we can magnetize the ideal timeline or circumstance or opportunity to us because like attracts like. And so, for me to be in that energy now without any conditions. There's nothing stopping me from embodying that energy. Now, I don't have to wait to change my state. I think that's the most important thing about manifestation is you don't wait until you have a million dollars to feel rich, abundant, successful, happy, fulfilled. That's a state change you can experience in your body right now using your own imagination. Right. And we know how to do this already because we do it with anxiety, we imagine bad things happening to us. And then we feel anxiety now. So we already know how to do this. We're just reversing it. Remember I said feedback loops. Mm-hmm. So we're changing a negative feedback loop to a positive feedback loop. So instead of imagining bad things happening to me, me never getting a million dollars, me never meeting my partner, and then experience the sadness that I experience because of those thoughts and feelings and then projecting more of that into the future, can I reverse that? Okay, let's say it is possible for me to become this version of myself, and this version of myself builds a million-dollar business. This version of myself meets her ideal partner. How would she act and feel? Okay, state shift. Amazing. Now that I'm in this state and I'm taking actions from this state, I continue to attract more of what matches that state. And so once again, we're changing the input, and then the output is a natural byproduct of what's inside.
1: Something that you also talk about is unattaching. Unattaching from maybe our previous limiting beliefs or some situations that no longer serve us. Can you speak a little bit more on? I think that's actually the first video that I saved from you on TikTok. Yeah,
0: so attachment is just essentially saying that I will be happy if and when, right? It projects that something other than what's available to me in this moment needs to happen in order for me to be happy. Now notice how insecure that is, right? Especially in relationships, we see this, I need to get married so that I can feel safe. He needs to text me back so that I can feel secure, right? It's a lot of outsourcing to other people, things and situations for me to feel okay. And that's Mm -hmm. a losing game because I don't actually control the actions of other people, right? But a lot of people are attaching their feelings on what other people do and say, or what happens to their bank account, or what happens to the climate, right? all of these things that are out of our control. The way we can bring back our sense of peace is to realize that the only thing we ever wanted from any of those outer control things, out of control things is a feeling, right? Why do I want him to text me back? Why do I want the weather to be this way? Why do I want this much more money in my bank account? Because it would make me feel safe and happy. That's the only thing we ever want from a manifestation is a state shift. And so this is what Buddha said, Jesus said, Tony Robbins says, change your state, change your perception. Then the whole world, or Jesus said, kingdom (laughs) of heaven opens up to you. I'm not Christian, but all of the teachings have such beautiful nuggets of wisdom that all reflect each other. Tony Robbins says, change your state, change your life, right? I say, like attracts like. It's all the same. All we need to do is actually change our physical, emotional, mental state from that state our actions change, our persona changes, right? You can even say, I'm in a new era, is what people are saying now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then be in the era of your future self. What would she do? How would she act? And then watch, your reality will, it's it's innocent. Your reality is an innocent mirror that is showing you what you think and believe about yourself, right? An example of input-output is like, if I constantly eat McDonald's and I feel like crap, that's not my body's fault, right? <laughs> my body is an innocent third party observer to my actions. It's like, I have, it has no choice than to feel like shit. If I continue (laughs) to put, if I change and put nutritious foods, like all of a sudden I'm juicing, I'm having nourishing complex carbs and, you know, cruciferous vegetables (laughs) and grass fed meats. My body will reflect that. Our reality is the same. It's not trying to hurt us. It's not trying to make us hate our lives. It is an innocent mirror that is reflecting back to us what we are thinking and believing about ourselves. And so whenever I see something in my outer reality that I don't like, that's a beautiful opportunity for me to go inward and figure out, okay, like not blaming myself, but taking responsibility. Like, okay, like what part did I play in this creation? I'm part of the cause that's happening in this effect. So what did I think about myself that brought this about and how can I learn from it? So you mentioned something when it comes to relationships and did he text me back.
1: And I, a lot of my, followers my bougie besties we talk about dating and relationships and i'm usually like similar like you were saying you are in control of your life you should decide who has access to you and what affects you what doesn't affect you but why do you think that people maybe usually in the talking stage i have mostly my questions come from the talking stage like oh he didn't text me this time he didn't do this he didn't do that why do we put so much importance towards these people
0: that we don't even know properly yeah well women especially if you were socialized as a woman you were implicitly told that your worth was dependent on a man's approval almost every single woman i know is living their life to approve a man i'm like why that's the easiest fucking thing in the world like literally do a handstand and they're impressed right Decenter center men i think they're a blink and they're impressed literally they're to for me (laughs) I mean, I've been married for eight years, but even before that, I I will say I had a very strong relationship with my father. He was an amazing father figure. I felt a lot of security and safety within my home. So for me, male approval was never like, oh my God, I feel so validated and like seen by a male. I was like, "Mm, no, that's Mm -hmm. just, you are dumb boys. (laughs) right? So I had a different approach to a lot of this and I wasn't socialized the same way as most women are, but I know for a fact that women have been told that their value is dependent on a man valuing them. And this is a remnant of ancient conditioning. Like think about how literally marriage was an institution to raise a man's value. Okay. I'm going to find a woman in this little town whose father has some sort of value to his estate. And by marrying his daughter, I will increase my financial net worth. Literally that was what marriage was to do. It was like how can we create these like strategic partnerships that will bolster your social status, right? And 200 years ago if a woman wasn't chosen, she lost her ability to move up the social mobility ladder, mm-hmm. right? The way you could move up in society was to like marry up. Right. This is where the modernized version of like sugar daddy find a rich man comes from. Right. Everything has an origin point. And so it's so funny when you begin to like actually break it down. You're like, wait a second. Wait a damn minute. Every single piece of information I've been unconsciously downloading since I was a child is telling me that men are more worthy than me. And if I find one, I become more worthy or rather if one picks me. Mm-hmm. And that is a really harmful, right? Insecurity inducing paradigm, right? That puts the power in other people's hands. That's why you feel that way. Now you need other people to approve of you before you can approve of yourself. Now the most, we already know this though, the most attractive thing in the world is someone who approves of themselves. So it's so ironic that you're going about it the wrong way even though this is what you so desire, right? We love a confident queen right? We also love a confident man. Like it's not attractive if a man's needy and wants your approval. Nobody likes Mm -hmm. that. And so what's so funny is this anxiety that we have about getting approval from other people. That's what's keeping us from it. You know, my favorite movie ever about the law of assumption manifestation is actually, I feel pretty with Amy Schumer. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. That is an amazing movie about the law of assumption and law of attraction. People don't think of it that way, but it is because what happens is she changes her state and perception of herself. Although it was unconsciously, she didn't choose it, but it happens, right? Her perception, her state shifts. All of a sudden she believes that she's worthy of any man, any opportunity, any life boom, her entire external reality changes to reflect it. I know it's a movie, but it's extremely representative of what happens before someone manifests something on the outside. They undergo an internal state shift and they approve of themselves. That's the most important thing. Any person who is achieving something that you believe to be out of reach for you, they've already given themselves the approval to have. Mm -hmm. I've given myself permission and the approval to have anything that I want because I actually believe I deserve it. But I also believe that you do. And anyone listening to this does. The problem is that you don't. And that's what you need to work on. (laughs) I want to break it down for people
1: who think that this still might be just too much like, okay, yeah, I'm
0: giving myself approval. But how do you actually do it? I think it always starts with recognizing why you're not. Mm Always. Always. Right, instead of trying to get to the thing, figure out why the thing isn't here first. It's like, how do I get to peace? How do I get to peace? You can't get to peace. You have to uncover why you're not at peace right now. Right? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that's keeping you from peace? It's the same thing with the approval. It's like, how do I approve of myself? How do I love myself? No, What's ki- what belief is keeping you from loving yourself? What belief is keeping you from approving of yourself? Once we dissolve that paradigm, Loving and accepting yourself were sort of natural. You're like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe that's what's been keeping me from loving myself for so long. So for example, if you want to approve yourself, just ask yourself, why do I not approve of myself already? What Mm -hmm. comes up? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you think, oh, because I'm ugly or like, I don't have any money. Okay, well, what do you make that mean? Does that actually mean you are not a worthy human being? Why not, right? Babies are ugly and they don't have any money. (laughs) honestly
1: i love you. you're you so funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just think like when when did the worthiness competition start right because when you were born you were totally worthy you came out of this world and whether it was your parents or whoever took you in someone loved you mm-hmm. and thought that you were perfect and you thought the same about yourself until you were taught to not think that anymore mm-hmm. right i think like if you if you walked into any kindergarten room and you said like who here is a good singer? They're all like me. That was the me. First one. Who's who's going to be the president <laughs> of the United States? Me. They're all like they all believe in themselves, right? That's mm-hmm. that's a natural state of a human being. Is limitless being limitless possibilities. When then did you get implanted with the idea that only some things are possible and others weren't? Why are some things possible for those people and not for these people? right? Mm -hmm. And this is not to diminish the fact that we obviously have systemic issues within our country that block people from certain opportunities. However, the awareness and ability to change one's life remains the same. Everyone has that power. Whether or not you can recognize and manifest that power is a different story based on systemic issues. But this power and ability we have is innately within all humans.
1: Something that you also talk about on your page is that
0: you are not your thoughts. Yes. Please tell me more. Okay. Best way I know how to describe this is your mind is a parrot that learned how to talk. Yep. So every time a parent says, I love you or hello, or like recites your phone number, they don't know what they're saying. They're just repeating what they've heard you say. And a lot of your thoughts are like that. Your brain is like this recording machine that's been downloading all the bits of information and thoughts that you've been hearing and saying to yourself over and over and over, and it'll just offer up the ones that you pay the most attention to, just like an algorithm, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: If all I'm looking at is beauty videos on my Instagram, then it's going to give me beauty videos because that's what I'm paying attention to. If all I focus on is I'm ugly, I don't have any money, nobody likes me, blah, 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 then I'm going to continue to get those thoughts too. Now, the problem is, is when you take those thoughts seriously and believe that they're actually your voice. They're not your voice. It'd be so much easier if it was like an announcer that was like, you are ugly. You'd be like, what is going on inside of my brain? Like, that's not my voice. But it's your voice. So that's why it's so difficult to break from the the hypnosis of your own mind. But to realize that these are just repeated thoughts, it's programming. It's like Woody from the Toy Story saying like, there's a snake in my boot, right? He has a consciousness beyond that. And so do you, you have a consciousness and awareness that's beyond the thoughts that are being repeated. Now, if you want to change the thoughts that are constantly floating through your brain, you have to begin by actively changing the input. So just like your algorithm, if you're constantly seeing beauty videos, but you don't want, let's say you don't want to see beauty videos anymore. You have to go into the search bar and literally start typing in different stuff. You'd have to be like snowboard videos or whatever it is that you want to see. You would have to actively take that step to redirect the algorithm. Now that algorithm is slowly beginning to understand, Oh, she, she wants to see snowboarding videos instead of beauty videos. Okay. Now you're going to start to see like a mixture of snowboarding and beauty for a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to start clicking on the snowboarding videos and liking them, saving them, sharing them. Okay. Now algorithm really knows, okay, she really likes these videos. It's the same with our mind. The more we actually can choose and catch ourselves in the moment of thinking, oh, I'm so ugly or like, oh, I'm so incapable or whatever. We say, no, that is not true. I'm a capable human being. Boom. It may not even like register in that moment, but you make it a habit more and more and more. Eventually those thoughts will become a natural feedback loop. Your brain, just like the body example is innocent. It doesn't actually know which thoughts are negative, which thoughts are positive. It's just giving you the ones that you've been paying attention to. And so seeing my mind as like this tool, like a computer or a phone, right? It helps me destabilize the emotionality behind the thoughts themselves, right? Like if I were to actually see a beauty video and I didn't wanna see it anymore, would it really make sense for me to comment on it and like it? No, then I'm just gonna get more, right? Like if, even if I liked it and then put the comment, don't show me this video anymore. Yeah. I don't know
1: why trolls always comment on my videos. You again, I'm like, dude, just (laughs) block me. Like, I don't need you in my comments. (laughs) Bye bye. No, literally.
0: I say the same thing. I'm like, you do realize that you're more likely to see my videos by commenting, right? (laughs) More likely, but thanks. So it's the same with your brain. It's like the, you are more likely to hear those thoughts if you pay attention and give importance to those thoughts. See them as, tr- I see my negative thoughts literally as troll comments. I'm like, these are just troll comments. Like these are just comments out here to get a reaction, it's right? Just a They're just way bored. Of looking at it, honestly. It's like a troll in my own brain. I'm like, dude, like chill. <laughs> like I'm spreading love and positivity. <laughs> now, what's really amazing about manifesting like your ideal life, because you're already manifesting, right? But you want to manifest something different. Is once you begin to stop paying attention to that feedback loop of negative thoughts, your brain's going to do something really interesting because it wants to serve you, right? It will switch. And now the thoughts will be positive, encouraging, compassionate, and motivating. So now you don't have to try so hard to make yourself think these thoughts. They get thought for you, right? All of a sudden, it'll give you ideas, right? And it'll give you encouragement. So this would be like having someone in, in your comments, let's just say, who's really supportive of what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Thank you for sharing this. This is so valuable. You could do this idea, right? Your followers probably even tell you ideas that you could probably create content from. Mm -hmm. So imagine if your brain became that sidekick in your life. Now you're totally unstoppable because the only thing that's ever been stopping you this entire time is this tyrant inside of your own head. Mm -hmm. No one tells you actually that you can't do things. Yeah, your family might say like, oh, you can't, you can't, but no one's actually physically standing in front of you saying don't do it. Like no one's actually holding your, your hands and mm. handcuffing them and saying you can't, right? A lot of it's just coming from our own head. And so when we can change that narrative, that dialogue, which changes our frequency and our actions, the results change. I love this
1: video where you were explaining about resisting negative
0: emotions and it's like walking mm. in the rain. <sighs> we are a complex society of people with, very, with one simple problem, We don't know how to feel emotion, mainly because we've been conditioned to think that emotions are bad. When we are kids and we start crying, we're told that we're going to go to a timeout or you know what? A lot of kids are bribed. They're crying and they're like, hey, I'll give you a sucker. I'll buy you a present. So then you grow up and then your present and your sucker is your beer and your cigarette and your drugs, right? To just stop that emotion because Mm -hmm. you're gonna disturb other people. Other people are going to withdraw love from you. I remember having like angry outbursts and I'm putting time out, right? Parents were not educated because they were kids too. Parents weren't educated to co-regulate with their kids. We're an entire society of zero emotional intelligence. We don't know what it is to feel a feeling. We don't know how to name a feeling. We don't know how to process a feeling. We just know that it's there. We don't like it. And then we do something about it, whether that be workaholic, whether that be serial dating, right? Sex addiction, phone addiction, food addiction, drug addiction. We just find something to stuff the hole and none of it works. None of it works because those emotions get stored. Energy gets stored, right? It doesn't leave the body. And this Mm -hmm. is why we have a lot of physical ailments, Chronic illnesses, mental illnesses, right? All this stuff builds up and doesn't get released. You know what's funny? Sorry to interrupt you. I had a cyst on my
1: ovary in January and it ended up being endometriosis, which people don't know how it comes. Mm. And then later when I started talking to people, somebody told me about this book in which basically the author was saying how when you have all these unexplained cysts in your body, that it's actually you know, maybe trauma from a while ago, maybe stuff that I didn't process. And I believe that because I'm a healthy person, I'm trying to, you know, go and sleep on time, eat healthy, you know, I'm trying to be my best self. And it just didn't make any sense why that cyst occurred. And I literally think it's because of negative energy.
0: Yeah, it can only, those outer activities, like eating well, working out, those are all really good, but they don't clear the energy inside. It would be like the way that I imagine our society is we're all emotionally constipated. Just imagine eating all the time and never taking a shit. It would hurt so bad. It would hurt so bad. And then you're like, well, I worked out today. It's like, no, you need to go to the bathroom. Like, that's not going to do anything. Like, that's, that's good, but you got to go to the bathroom. And then you know what? Your workout will be even more effective because you've, you've mm. cleared everything out. And so, energetic clearing is something that can happen on a daily basis, right? Meditation is a great way to clear the chatter in the mind and begin to release some energy. Exercise is a good way as well. Um, a lot of it can happen, though, through crying. And we're a society that doesn't know how to cry or be with people who are crying, right? People get uncomfortable if someone starts crying. And we always ask, what's wrong? Oh, my God, I what's hate wrong? that. Just let me cry. Just let me cry. Because the cry is not actually about what's happening in this moment. It's about everything that wasn't cried like from the last five years. And so sometimes there's not actually a present reason in this moment for why I'm crying. Like something will just trigger it and then it happens. But a lot of times people are like, why am I crying right now? Like, or why am I getting emotional? Oh my God, I'm getting so emotional right now. Let yourself get emotional. You are an emotional being, right? It would be like never letting a dog bark or something. It's like, they have to, they just, they need to release that energy. Or you know how a dog shakes after it's like had an interaction? Mm -hmm. That's it shaking off the energy. It's like, okay, new moment. We don't do that. (laughs) We don't actually shake off any of the we should energy. We start shaking it off when we feel certain things. Literally, ecstatic dance, beautiful way <laughs> to shake energy, dance just in and of itself. But yeah, resisting emotion is always going to lead to pain. Always. The only way we can get to relief is to let it go. But the problem is that letting it go, we experience some pain at the onset, right? Mm-hmm. Just like when you go to take a shit right? Sometimes it's kind of like, oh, my stomach hurts, right? But the only way to clear that pain is to let it go. I love it's poop to analogies, let it by the way. Yeah, I'm so glad because other people are like, what? But it's my, it's my favorite analogy because every time I resist a cry, I'm like, that would be like me holding it in. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. I actually I love that out.
1: all of your all of your uh, explanations have these examples and that's why I was like asking you a few times like give me specific examples so people can kind of understand exactly what you're talking about but the 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 example with holding in emotions and rain the video that you were like oh yeah it's still raining
0: well it's still raining you can enjoy it like that yeah (laughs) yeah and you know what with emotions too we're always like oh like when am I gonna stop feeling like this it's just like when you do Like Mm -hmm. it will end though. It will. I remember I was kind of like, kind of on, I was like thawing from a lot of like nervous system, um, activity where I was in like fight or flight for a long time. And I started to crash because all that adrenaline coursing through your veins is just not healthy for you. Right. It's to literally protect you from a threat, but I was kind of on high alert and working at that level for so long. And then I just bottomed out. And I remember for like a week, I was just like, man, when am I going to get back on track? Like, Man, I've been feeling so down, but then I realized, well, it's not going to last forever. It's like impossible. Everything changes. So let's just let it be. And it was only like three more days. It was like <laughs> 10 days total of just being like a potato. And then your body, your body just bounces back. And so a lot of us too, we don't have self trust. We don't have trust that things are ever going to end. It's kind of like your first breakup. You're like, I'm never going to get over this. My life is over. (laughs) And like everyone around you was like, you'll be fine in like one month. Like, because you you don't have, you can't even imagine that. You can't imagine it because you're only seeing the future from the state that you're in. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the best thing you can do in that moment is to try to have a little bit of a bird's eye view and honestly treat yourself like you would a different person. Don't give yourself special treatment. Treat yourself like you would a friend. You'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's worthy and valid that you feel this way. But I also know that you're not going to feel this way forever.
1: I have one final question for you that I ask all of my guests. The question is, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self?
0: Oh, sometimes I I falter on this question because I don't even know if I'd want to say anything and mess up the timeline because (laughs) things have turned out so well, despite all the suffering of the younger self. But I think I would say, you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. I love that. It's never going to work. I had to move out of the paradigm of hating myself, unconditioning my mind from all the conditions that it was telling me that I needed to be or not needed to be in order to love myself and just just wiping all that away to realize that I can actually love myself as I am. And so, yeah, you can't hate yourself into love. It's not possible.
1: I love that. Thank you, Sam, for this beautiful, insightful conversation.
0: Thank you, Coco. Okay,
1: you mentioned you're writing a book. When is yes. that coming out? Give me all of your socials. Where can people find you? You said you have private clients. Pimp yourself out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so actually the book is about my that piece of advice I just gave. Um, I'm really excited for it. And it's actually still in the works, but I think it will be probably released the very end of 2024. If not early 2025. So we're we're really manifesting out here on these future timelines. <laughs> but um you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at simplifying.sam. And the two most exciting things I have to offer are actually three things. So I have two free podcasts. One is called Spiraling Higher, and that's with my co-host and bestie Gina. We talk all about healing, consciousness, manifestation. Awesome stuff, most probably similar to Coco's. And then I also have my podcast, Simplifying Sam, The Shortcast, which is actually all of my TikTok audios from the videos in audio format. So if you don't listen to TikTok or you don't have the app, it's a great way to devour all that content that Coco was referring to in a podcast. And then, yes, I also offer one-on-one coaching and I have a free online community you can also join. So all of those are in the links in either platform amazing and i'm gonna
1: put all of the links in my show notes so you guys can find Sam very quickly well thank you sam again and thank you everybody for listening and i'll see you next week thanks coco